Welcome to the Best of the God Reports podcast. I'm your host, Sam, and I'm here today with my beautiful wife, Rebecca. Today, we are going to be listening to an interview by God Reports journalist Mark Ellis with Jane Dobson. We pick up the story when Jane is describing how she had just received some devastating news. One of her dear friends died from a massive, unexpected heart attack at age 67. Jane is heartbroken. On this particular morning, her home was full of weekend guests. Before she had received this bad news about her friend, she had been praying that Jesus would reveal himself in a new way to her house guests. The wind outside had been blowing very hard all day, but at about 2 p.m. it suddenly stopped. Due to the favorable weather change, Jane's husband suggested they go for a ride on their boat. Everyone agreed and the group of 10 piled in. We pick up the story with Jane sharing what happened next on their boat. Enjoy this raw telephone interview by journalist Mark Ellis with Jane Dobson from 2012. Anyway, you have a beloved friend that had passed away, and um, I was just grief-stricken, just completely grief-stricken. And um, we were having like a, a, not quite a gale here on the coast of Maine, but it was, um, you know, big white caps, and the wind was blowing so hard, I couldn't have my windows open even an inch, because it was blowing the... Um, it was, you know, almost blew my lamps over in my living room, and oh my. I had a house, house full of company, and uh, all of a sudden, it just stopped. It just doesn't happen in October in, in Maine, you know. Yeah. It just stopped, and the water went from being big white caps and being real blustery to just, like, flat calm. And my husband said, um, what do you say we go for a, a ride on the boat? And we had this company here, and I had been praying that God would reveal himself in a new way to this company, to these people who had been friends for many years, but uh, not born again, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so we went on the boat, and I just, everybody kind of left me alone because I was so sad. And, and I just praised God and just stayed in the atmosphere of praise for about uh, 45 minutes to an hour. I didn't have a watch on, but... Uh, about that length of time because I knew the time that we were gone and all of a sudden I felt it was like somebody flicked a light switch I went from just absolute grief horrific grief to inexpressible joy instantaneously and so I just felt the presence of God so powerfully it was just so astounding to me I didn't say anything to anyone because I almost slipped onto the floor. I was just, um, in that picture, I have the blue jacket on. Oh, okay. And uh, I just was so overcome with the peace and the presence of God and how my grief just was gone. And and this woman is just as dear as dear could be to me. Um, it was just so amazing to me that the peace of God could could remove my grief so instantaneously and so completely. Hmm. And then about five minutes later, the guy who was taking the picture said, um, who's this guy uh, in white that's in the picture that's not on the boat? Hmm. And 
and I kind of heard in the background. I, I wasn't really paying attention because I was so blissed out, to tell you the truth. And then he said it, he just started getting, it was like a holy fear. He was afraid because huh. uh, he knew that uh, he had a brand-new digital camera, and he'd taken nine other photos of his wife's glasses, zooming in on her glasses because he was interested in the reflection in her glasses of all of us on the boat. Mm-hmm. And um, so about, he just, uh, but, he, but he had a digital camera, so it wasn't like, a, you know, a, a double exposure or anything like that. I mean, he knew that he had taken nine other pictures. That uh, being was not there. And on the tenth, the tenth uh, picture that he took, all of a sudden it was there, and he just started, he really started freaking out. Hmm. and um, sounding, you know, fearful. He was, you know, kind of overcome. Was He knew that that person was not on the boat. He knew it wasn't a flesh-and-blood person. Huh. And he wanted to know, who was it? Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I kicked into the, um, all of a sudden it, I knew what they were talking about. You know, I kind of came back into the world a little bit. And uh, and I said, so I'll tell you who it is, Michael. It's either Jesus or one of his angels. Mm. And I hadn't seen the picture at that point. And, and I didn't have my glasses on until we got back to the house. And then when I saw it, I was so overcome. But I just knew that it was Jesus, even mm-hmm. though I had said Jesus or an angel. I just knew it was Jesus. And, and then I just I started, you know, I made up a bunch of pictures, and I just started sharing them with anybody that God told me to share them more. Yeah. And, I mean, I've given out hundreds of copies. Really? Uh, I brought um, I brought dozens of copies to the funeral of this woman that I was telling you about. One of the things that I prayed the most was that Jesus would come, that he would come and bring comfort. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, and, that I, and that he would also send comfort to her family and everything. But he came here and showed himself what was so interesting to me was that I knew that he had inspired Michael to keep taking these pictures. You know, Ah. he's taking the pictures and he really doesn't know why he's taking them. You know, and his wife was kind of getting annoyed with him, like, you know, you've already taken, like, all those pictures. It was starting to kind of bug her. You know, why are you taking all those pictures? And the Holy Spirit was inspiring it because of what was going to be revealed and captured. Mm. You know, it was captured on film. Yeah. And and so he was clearly, you know, what I believe it was is that he's hiding in that ultraviolet light that we don't see anymore. Mm. That I personally believe Adam and Eve saw before the fall, the, the full spectrum of light. Mm. And I believe that that's where he is, mm. in that light. Because you can see he's inside the boat. Yeah. You know, he's inside the boat and he's praying. You know, he, he looks to me as though he's praying. Isn't then, that um, something? Yes. But the, but the feeling, the re, you know, the, the presence of peace was so uh, catastrophic in a good way, if that makes sense. Well, well what time <laughs> was it approximately that the waters calmed that you noticed that? That probably about two, probably about two o'clock. Okay, so about an hour before you went out. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, we went out right away. Yeah. But I prayed for about 45 minutes to an hour on that whole boat ride. And it was on the way back at the end of the boat ride that this appeared, that he appeared. Hmm. So then I started praying after this whole encounter. For the most part, God has just told me to, you know, always have pictures on me, and I can be at the veterinary's office or the dry clinic, and if he prompts me to share it with somebody, it's like this amazing evangelizing tool. Yes. I just take it out, and I say, I feel like I'm supposed to show you this, and then I tell them my story, mm-hmm. and I tell them it's Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I've only had a couple people that didn't seem to be willing to believe that. I mean, yeah. it's been amazing how people have received it. Yeah. Uh, I expected more skepticism, mm-hmm. I guess, mm-hmm. than I've received. It's just as though people seem to be convicted when they see it. Yeah. And um, and then, um, so, yeah, it, it's yeah. been amazing. And then I, I continue to pray, what did God want me to do with it? I'll give you an example. I went to... Uh, my veterinary office about a month ago, and mm-hmm. um, I, this is another whole story, uh, but um, do you have a minute? Yeah. Okay. Uh, about five years ago, um, this is Tick Haven, where I am here. Ticks galore. Okay. <laughs> Dog ticks. Yeah. It's like, they're everywhere. Yeah. And about five years ago, I moved, when I moved here, um, I took my dogs to the vet, and, uh, you know, I loaded up on the Revolution and Heart Guard and all of that um, because there's so many ticks around here. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and fleas, fleas and ticks. Mm-hmm. So I came home from the veterinary's office, and I went to put uh, the supplements uh, away for the dogs away. It was like 225 bucks or something okay. like that. It yeah. wasn't cheap. I went to put them away where I always put them in my hutch, and I hear the Holy Spirit clear the bell, say, throw them out. Oh, my. And I, you know, I knew it was him. It was, it was, it was you know, one of those times when you hear him, that it was, it's a resting, stop showing your tracks mm. kind of thing. And so I, my next thought was, who can I give them to? Yeah. You know, I, I already, in that instant, made a decision, okay, you know, I knew it was the Holy Spirit, and I, I but then he said, and then he immediately said, I said, throw them out. Mm. So I threw them out. This is for protection. And this is, this is for protection from fleas and ticks, and my dogs are out in the woods all the time where there are fleas and ticks and everything everywhere. Mm-hmm. And trust me when I tell you, I did not want to throw them out. Sure. And so, but I did. I threw them out, and uh, I just happened to be reading um, Corey Ten Boom's The Hiding Place at the same time. Did you ever read it? I, I know the story, but I haven't read it. Okay, well, there's a place in there where um, Corey Ten Boom's sister, Betsy, uh, when Corey and Betsy get into the first concentration camp that they're in, mm-hmm. I think it was the first one, um, and they try to settle into this flea-infested little tiny area on this pea-soaked, flea-infested hay oh oh where they were going to sleep. And, um, and Betsy is thanking God for a place to lay their heads down, and she's thanking him for whatever she could find to thank him for, and there wasn't much in the situation. 
And then all of a sudden she says, um, thank you, God, even for the ticks. Mm. The fleas. Do you remember that? Thank you no. for the fleas. Oh, my. So you should read it because it's yeah. really good. She says, thank you for the fleas. And Corey, who's writing the book, says, Shirley, I, I knew Shirley Betsy was wrong to thank God for the ticks. I mean, what earthly good could ticks be used for? Mm-hmm. And so, but, but Betsy had learned, praise God, in all things. And thank him. If he's allowed it to come into your sphere, you know, praise him and thank him that he can work all things, even fleas, together for your good. Mm-hmm. So I just happened to be at the point in the book where, um, around the time I throw all this flea and tick stuff out, where um, one day Betsy uh, has a smile on her face and Corey, who's writing the book, says, um, well, you look awfully pleased with yourself. And she said, well, she said, I am. She said, I overheard the guards talking. And she said, the reason they never come into our barracks um, is because of the fleas. Mm. And, and what was going on in their barracks was every night, Corey and Betsy had sneaked in a little Bible, and they had Bible study every night wow. in this concentration camp. And the fleas were what kept the guards out so that they could preach the word of God to these women. Isn't that something? And so that God used even the ticks, the uh, fleas, to glorify his name. So uh. I'm at this point in the book when, I, when God tells me to throw this stuff away. So anyway, a couple of days later, I go to take my cat to be groomed and uh, my cat to have a bath. And I go to pick up the cat. And the groomer says to me, oh, Jane, I'm so sorry. She said, your cat has fleas. Mm -hmm. And I said, what? <laughs> you know, and my first thought was, I just threw all the way $225 worth of flea tick stuff away. Yeah. And um, I, you know, I was upset, and I got out into the car, and she said, you're going to have to go home, and you're going to have to, you know, you know get, have your car bombed, and you're going to have to have people come in and do this and that with the house and all. And I knew the drill, because uh, I've been through it before with fleas, what's involved in trying to get rid of them. So I got in the car, and I just caught my breath, and I just remembered Betsy Ten Boom saying, thank you, God, for the fleas. Mm. So I said, thank you, God, for the fleas. And I just, I just surrendered it to him. I said, you know what, Lord? You told me to throw that stuff away. That must mean you're going to protect me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's five years ago. My dogs have never had fleas. Wow. Had ticks since. Huh. Which is miraculous if you knew where I lived. Wow. So I've been, I'm forced to tell this story <laughs> by the Holy Spirit to my vet, who, you know, the first vet I told it to, I know he thought it was just a kook. <laughs> and yeah. I said to him, I said, I know this sounds strange, but I said, it's an obedience thing. God told me not to do something. I know it's his voice. And, you know, he's asking me if I, if I, will obey him in the, the small and simple things, he'll, he'll be able to entrust more to me. Mm -hmm. And I said, I know this is an obedience matter, not that there's anything wrong with the heart guard and the revolution. It wasn't about that. It was about obedience. So anyway, um, just about a month ago, um, I went to the vet's office with my dog, and I couldn't get in to see the vet who knows the whole story. Mm -hmm. uh, so I had to go in to see this other vet, this woman. And um, uh, I was dealing with, my dogs had picked up from a, a fox 
some sort of a mite from the fox. It wasn't a flea and it wasn't a tick. It was some sort of a mange thing that mm -hmm. you get from foxes. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, okay, God, how can this work together for my good? You know, it doesn't fall under the flea and ticks and, or any of that. So, so anyway, I go through this whole hassle with the, the mange and, and um, my dogs. And the, and the woman says to me, uh, this female vet says to me, you know, you could put them on revolution and it would cover against this kind of mite. <laughs> and you wouldn't have this problem again. Yeah. And I said, yes, I, I said, I'm aware of that, but I, I just can't do it. And she's asked me like three times. And I said, do you have a few minutes? Because I'll tell you a story if you have a few minutes. And she said, well, I'll make a few minutes. So I tell her the whole story. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the, and, and then I pull my picture out. Mm. And I tell her that story. Mm. And... When, when I told her the whole story, she, she just started to cry. She said, I've been searching for the truth. Wow. I've been looking. I've been searching. And she said, and here you are. And, and then when she saw the timing of me reading the, the, the story about the, the ticks in the concentration, the fleas in the concentration camp, yeah. and me having this flea problem, <laughs> then she said, I said, do you see why I can't use the revolution? And she said, oh, yes, yes, I see, I see. <laughs> she said, you can't use it. So I said, I know I'll never have this mange problem again, but I said it was important enough um, for me to come here to tell you the story because I said, you're searching for the truth, and this, this is the truth. And I talked to her about Jesus. Mm. So, you know, I invited her to church, and she wasn't quite ready to do that, but a seed was planted, and she knew that God had sent me. Yeah. And she knew, she, she knew that what I was telling her was the truth. I knew it was, because she grabbed on me and hugged me mm. and just cried and said, I've been searching for the truth. And I said, well, I'm here to tell you the truth. Yes. So it's been very powerful. That's, that's a way in which God will use it with me. Mm -hmm. I carry it in my wallet, and he says, you know, okay, show her the picture. Yeah. And it's sort of a segue. Uh-huh. Um, and I have lots of stories like this, but um, this one's pretty, this one's really good because yeah. of the picture. <laughs> Going back to the picture, mm. is, is he sitting on the edge of the boat, or it's hard for me to tell? Or, or he, he looks to me like he's inside the boat. Uh-huh right close to me and he's right close to the knee of the girl whose pictures whose face is the glasses are on okay and um so he's right he's right in there now i could feel him but i couldn't see him hmm yeah but it was it had, as i say it had been so windy and now it was like a mill pond gloriously sunny gorgeous out and that just unusually happened in Maine, a quick weather change. There can be a quick weather change from calm to stormy. Yeah. But not from stormy to calm. Mm -hmm. And it very much reminded me of, you know, like, uh, I think it's Matthew 14, with, where Jesus calms the waters, you know. Mm -hmm. And it was very much, that's the sense I had of it. But when I saw the picture for the first time, I instantly heard in my spirit, Psalm 91.1, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High shall rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Yes, I love that. Yeah. And then when I, I shared it, I, uh, the son-in-law of the woman who died, when he saw the picture, he said the same thing. He said, Psalm 91.1 comes to mind. Wow. Yeah, that's, I don't know if you know, that's the, 
uh, favorite verse of the man, the only known survivor from the impact zone of uh, the terror attack in the World Trade Center. That Really? Yeah, hmm. Stanley Pramath, who was on the 81st floor, staring at the, the plane as it came in. Oh, is he the one whose Bible was on the desk? Yeah. Hit under his desk? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. I wrote a story yeah. about him. I interviewed him and, and did a story about him. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Um, but uh, is, is Jesus, is he standing or sitting or, or leaning against something? I don't know. He uh, he kind of you know he's bent forward as though he's praying. Yeah. I have the sense that he's leaning back against the the side of the boat. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But um, he clearly looks inside the boat. Yeah. Okay, as opposed to being outside the boat. Yes. Yeah. The other boy on the boat, young man on the boat, who was uh, the fiance sort of, of of this other daughter in this family uh he said i met jesus today you know and and he was so excited and um ah. and so that was a, be a beginning of a relationship for him wow and to be honest with you i know of nothing like it right i, I know i know of nothing like it i've never yeah. seen anything on the internet you know, or anything on TV that's that clear. He's clearer than any of the rest of us. Yeah. It just was so awesome how God revealed himself, and, you know, I was there, so I know it's real and it's not a hoax. Yes. And, you yeah. know, uh, it's, it's amazing, because I just don't know of anything like it. Yeah. I really don't. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this interview. If you'd like to see the picture, you can go to godreports.com and type in Mysterious Jesus Photo Stirs Faith, Brings Comfort and Peace to Many by journalist Mark Ellis.